Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Life Listen Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We we also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, so this week we are talking about process addictions. Yeah. Which I'm so happy that we have Kristen here <laughs> having her therapist background to talk about this because I think it's pretty prevalent. I think it is too. I'm going to dust off my therapy hat. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about pets and how pets can be a form of self-care or not <laughs> <laughs> or, or a form of another thing to do. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that in a minute. So we wanted to talk a little bit today about process addictions, explain what they are. Um, like Sarah said, they are pretty prevalent in mm -hmm. our culture right now. Um, so process addictions, um, also known as behavioral addictions, you'll hear therapists kind of interchange those, um, those terms, but they're basically when someone is addicted to a behavior or a process. Mm -hmm. We tend to think of addiction in terms of chemicals, something that you put inside your body that your body is then addicted to drugs, alcohol, things like that. Um, but the reality is most people who've worked in addiction, and I have for many, many years, um, are aware that that people can be addicted to processes. Mm -hmm. People can absolutely be addicted to processes in very much the same way that they can be addicted to drugs and alcohol. Um, and that is because a lot of the things that we engage in change the chemicals that are happening in our brain. Right. They overstimulate the brain. Um, they can give you the same rush of adrenaline, the same rush of the feel-good hormones, oxytocin, things like that, mm -hmm. um, that you can get from using drugs. You don't have to put a chemical into your body to experience that rush and that right. altered state. Right. So what are some of the most common process addictions? Well, um, one of the most probably recognizable and most widely treated process addiction is gambling. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the process of gambling, people experience a really big rush. Mm -hmm. um, they experienced a heightened sense of reality, of anxiety. Um, and it's addictive because they keep trying again and again. Right. They're spending money on it. They're concerned about it. It consumes their thoughts. And then when they're gambling, they are altered. Right. Right. Yes. And that's really what we're looking at. Not so much um, what chemical did you put in your body, but what level of altered reality are you in when you engage in right. a behavior? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another very, very prevalent addiction is pornography. Yes. Um, and the reason that pornography is so addictive, um, regardless of your moral stance on pornography, um, pornography is addictive because it is heightened it is heightened sexuality. Yes. It's not realistic. It's not an intimate relationship between two people. And when people view pornography, um, their heart rate goes up. Mm -hmm. Their senses are heightened. It right. is very overstimulating, no pun intended. Right. But in every way, 
Um, and so um, people can become very addicted to looking at pornography because, and again, when we're looking at process addictions, it's something that takes you out of reality. It's something that removes you from your day-to-day anxieties. Mm -hmm. It removes you from being present in the world. Yes. One of the ways that we define addiction, whether it be chemical or process, is any substance or behavior that replaces intimacy in your life. It's a thing that takes you out of life, out mm-hmm. of relationships, out of the things you need to do. Um, and it, you know, it kind of, it slides in. Right. And becomes a thing that helps you deal with your emotions, deal with your fears, your anxiety. It's an avoidance. It's an avoidance. It is. It's a distraction. Absolutely. It's a, it's a distraction. But you you do throw in, like you said, like it changes the chemicals in the brain. Right. Um, you know, shopping. Absolutely. Shopping is one of them. Shopping is Mm -hmm. another one. Um, I definitely have some process addictions. Mine's kind of interesting. It it kind of relates around shopping, Uh but it really actually um, has actually served me well as a blogger. Yeah. In my career because my process addiction is, is researching. Yeah. Um, and if I want to write a post about, I don't know, a new, the best purse right. or the the best this or that. Like I will spend hours and hours mm-hmm. researching and finding out. And this goes across the boards for anything. Like I just will spend an enormous amount of time gathering information. Now, luckily I can put that into my work. Mm-hmm. So it's not for nothing, but I recognize about myself that lots of times I'm doing that to distract myself from other real things that are happening in my life. Now, how do you, how, how do you differentiate for yourself? How do you know, like, oh, I've shifted into more addictive behavior because some people could be listening and think, well, you're just working. Right. You know, so how do you recognize for yourself? Like this is, this is not just work. I think it's just the amount of time that I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, it's just, or, or if there's something going on in my life, that's really mm. uncomfortable to me, suddenly I'll have all these ideas of all these posts I want to do. <laughs> and I can be spending seven to eight hours, um, you know, looking and researching yeah. and researching. I think for me, I can tell when I'm just, I've hit this over. It's like this, yeah. I've, I've gone over the line. Right. You know, and it's no longer useful. It's now a coping mechanism. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I, I have, have had to go through a lot of therapy to like get to the point where mm-hmm. I recognize that. I don't think I would have ever recognized this. I mean, I think back to even when I was in my 20s and like online shopping had just started. And I remember I had like a really stressful day at work. Uh, I was in sales at the time. And I would go back and spend my entire evening um, on like Banana Republic, just not even really buying things, yeah. but looking at everything. Yep. And um, and that was that was coping. Yeah. That was me not dealing with other issues I had going on in my life. It was just a way for me to tune out. Yep. Yep. But the way that I think it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Uh-huh. I'm learning. I'm being That's, productive. I'm being productive and I'm learning. And yeah. that was my two things. I'm learning and I'm going to share this. And it kind of, you know, enveloped into this career really where I yeah. do that a lot. Yeah. And, but you're right. I mean, it, it's like a slippery slope with work. Well, and, you know, d- discerning what is a process addiction versus just a behavior or a coping mechanism is hard. And some of the ways that we differentiate, because the problem with a lot of process addictions is that for many of us, you have to do it. 
Right. You, know, you have to do some level of research for your job. Yes. Um, people have food addictions. Well, yes. everyone has to eat. Right. So how do you know when you've crossed over? Sex addiction. You know, most of us are going to be sexually active, but how do you know if that's an addiction? Right. So or even of, love addiction. Oh, my Is gosh. Is that love addiction kind of a process? Yes. Addiction? Yes, and we'll oh, come okay. back to that because okay, that's good. a good one. Yeah. But some of the ways that we differentiate between a behavior and a behavioral addiction. A behavioral addiction, um, it harms your mental health. Okay. It takes um, precedence over other things you should be doing. Um, it harms your relationships. It, it pulls you away from people. You know, when you find yourself saying no to something because you'd rather stay home and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, or when you have friends who've asked you to stop. Yes. Um, it can harm your finances. Um, it is when you make unhealthy choices for your body and yourself. Right. And your time. Um, Time is a big one, too. Right. Um, When you have to do more of the same thing in order to get the same, you know, kind of hit. Right. Right. Um, So so those are some of the ways that we look into, you know, what's addiction versus Mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so some of the other really common process addictions, love addiction is, is a big one. And how does that work? Well, love addiction is, you know, it's... It's that need to feel a, the hit mm-hmm. of uh, of um, affirmation from a new person. Okay. Or, you know, someone, you know, love addiction generally isn't about um, being addicted to your long-term spouse. Right, right, um, right. But people who struggle with love addiction, that can look like inappropriate flirting. It can mm-hmm. look like spending time texting someone. It can look like chasing after a new person. It can look like, you know, boredom when there isn't um, some level of flirtation on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of this is, you know, it's a big temptation for those of us in the internet age. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I mean, now in uh, this yeah. technology age and social media, it's like yeah. you could get those hits all day long. Oh, you I find mean, an old boyfriend, oh. you start, you know, Instagram messaging with, you know, someone that you think is cute. Right. Um, right. It's it's an issue that people really do deal with. Yeah. Um, and people who struggle with love addiction, you know, they tend to get bored in relationships. Mm-hmm. They tend to move from one to one, or even if they're in a long-term relationship, they tend to kind of have stuff going on on the side that that would be a betrayal to the person they're with. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then obviously, I mean, the big one, I think that we actually did an entire episode on, if you guys want to listen to it, we'll link it up in the show notes for today, um, is just um, addiction to our devices. Ugh. Addiction to the internet, addiction to social media, Um, which, you know, and I will say, I definitely think I have process addictions related to this. Yes. Because I will forego sleep Mm -hmm. to scroll Instagram. Mm -hmm. I will forego family time. Interpersonal relationships. Absolutely. Just sitting on Facebook, scrolling, scrolling. And I think this is, this is a problem with a huge amount of people. I now. absolutely do too. Um, because just like when you were listing earlier, like what, what is the difference between a behavior and behavioral addiction? And like, it's just when it pulls you away from not only issues that you're dealing with, but people. Absolutely. And you know, I think a lot of us find that we're turning towards our phones yeah. away from our loved ones. Yeah. And that is frightening. And it's just, and you know, they've just, released all of that information, you know, the faith, the old Facebook execs, just knowing this was a huge psychology experiment Uh of like people likes and the dopamine hits Mm -hmm. and what that does to the brain. And, um, I just, I wonder how we're going to move forward from this. 
how we're going to get out of this because you look around, everyone's on their phone. Everybody's yeah. looking at their phone. Yeah. And I think for me, when it has been the most, um, kind of come to Jesus feeling is, you know, when you run out to the store and realize you've left your phone at home and you oh. have that feeling. Oh. And to be honest, the feeling isn't, oh shoot, I'm unreachable. Right. The feeling is, oh shoot, I can't distract myself while I'm standing in line buying a thing. Oh, that's or, so true. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think, and I think that's true for so many of us. Oh, it is. I feel disconnected when I don't have my device, I do. I, it's like almost yeah. it's it's like anxiety. nervousness. It's yeah. anxiety yeah. that creeps in, which that's just frightening. Yeah, you know. Well, let's talk about you know what to do if you do find yourself in a process addiction, whether it be food, whether it be shopping, whether it be your phone. Um, obviously, step one of any addiction is recognizing it's a problem, right? Um, and and a part of that recognition is really doing some self work in terms of you know, maybe making a list and writing down the negative consequences of this behavior. So for me, it might be me looking and taking account of the cost of, you know, what have I lost? Right. What, what am I losing because I do this over and over again? So, you know, it's just step one. And, and even if, you know, you wanted to get real nerdy into the 12 steps, step one is admitting you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and then steps two and three are really defining right that level um, of problem. Um, not that it has to be a 12 step process, but, you know, um, I think, I think looking at the problem is step one and then admitting that you need to get some outside help and mm -hmm. that outside help can look like a therapist. Yeah. Um, depending on the level, um, that it is, you know, encroaching on your life, it can also look like, um, outpatient mm -hmm. programs or inpatient programs. Mm -hmm. Now there's not as many, you know, inpatient programs for internet addiction, but things like gambling addiction. Right. Um, sex addiction absolutely i used to work at an inpatient um center for drug addiction but we would occasionally have people come in for video game addiction oh yeah they could oh, that is another stop. one gaming yeah. addiction oh my oh goodness i think my son might have that yeah well <laughs> you know, yeah mean. and it, it is it is an interesting one especially for kids that have any level of social issues social right. anxiety or, or just difficulties with socialization we're finding it's super common for kids. And yeah. so if, you know, if you're listening and you're a parent, um, I really think it's important to have controls on the level and amount of time they can do video games. Right. And also the type of video games. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah. There are types that are more addictive. There are types that are less. I, in my house, I basically won't buy the ones that have been designed to keep the user coming back for more and wanting to go to right. the next level. Yes. Um, we tend to stick to sports. Sports. related video games we do like 8-bit and 16-bit games totally. like mega man yeah um street fighter like yep. all those really old ones that yep. are just like dudes kind of like punching at each other yeah. and it's just and yeah, luckily absolutely. that's an interest of my son which is great because you know i i don't want him getting to the point where you know he's got the headset yeah and um because he's already so introverted i feel like that's yeah. just a way of him getting his connection hit yep you know, well, I am connecting. I am talking yep. to someone. I'm doing this. Like, it, it's a total stranger. And yep. it just, you know, decreases once again, like that interpersonal time with actually having a person in front of your face. Totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And if you are listening to this and, and thinking like, well, I am really struggling. I mm -hmm. mean, there there are programs out there. Yes. For people. Yes. Um, but, you know, for most of us, it, it would probably be helpful just to see a therapist and then figure out some um, ways that we can rein ourselves in and be accountable. Yes. Um, one thing I have done with friends actually with, um, 
the group of friends that we chatted with in the last episode, um, I turned on a software monitor on my computer. And for a time I had that, um, I got reports of wasteful oh, time. Oh my God. And I had it forwarded to, to a friend. Oh my gosh. Talk about accountability. Oh yeah. So oh, if wow. I spent 47 hours on Facebook that week, she saw it. Oh wow. Kristen, that is a really good idea. Yeah. Because that, yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. you know, you can find accountability, things like that. You can set up, um, your internet to turn off at a certain time yes. during the day, which is a thing that I just instituted. So yeah. my modem goes bye-bye at 11. Oh, that's awesome. And I can't sit in my bed and scroll. I've got to read. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And I have the, you know, there's a, there's a plugin you can do on your computer about like turning your Facebook feed off. I have that Your public too. feed. Uh-huh. So when I, I mean, I, I have to be really specific about when I'm getting on to work, I'm going to work. I have these limits. Yep. Um, how long I can do it, how long I can research for. Yeah. Because I mean, I could do it all day long. I could do it because totally. it is my way of just like whoo, zoning out. Yeah. So something like that. And, there, and that, that's the good thing. I feel like there are lots of apps now and ways mm-hmm. that you can really monitor that. But I think in general, it's just being self-aware enough to recognize that you have a problem. And I feel like if you recognize you have an issue, you're like already halfway there. I do too. I think that's great Mm because then you can really start working towards trying to find ways to minimize those behaviors. I mean, a lot of people out there, they just don't even realize. No. At all. Not at all. I mean, especially, I mean, of course, like pornography, um, gambling, things like that, that are the, the, you know, the like. I don't know what adjective you'd use, but like in comparison to, Mm -hmm. you know, gaming or phone addiction, internet, social media addiction, which doesn't, doesn't seem as harmful, but it is, it's doing the same thing, right? Right. Absolutely. And those are things that, you know, you can, you can do in public without a lot of shame. You can, you know, um, people probably aren't going to get worried about your, you know, cell phone use like they would with pornography or gambling. Exactly. But it can be just as debilitating, just as (sighs) isolating. So isolating. Just as many consequences on your life as anything else. Absolutely. Um, And if you're struggling with a process addiction also, I mean, there are 12 step groups everywhere. Mm -hmm. There are, there are generic 12 step groups Mm -hmm. um, that you could, that you could join the 12 steps. I have to say, I'm, you know, they've been around forever. It's a little cliche, but they work. They were 12 step, the 12 steps works. Um, There is a fantastic 12 step workbook that I will link up on selfiepodcast.com called the 12 steps of spiritual journey. Okay. You could do that on your own. Um, and then there's lots of internet support groups for all these kinds of process addictions. You know, yeah. that's the good and bad thing about the internet. It can yeah. become an addiction, but it, it is also, you know, a wealth of resources for people who are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you are process, if you're struggling with a process addiction, I would really encourage you to just talk to a friend about it. Like, yeah, bring it into the light, you know, don't sit and hide with it. Like, you know, take a moral inventory of yourself yeah. and talk to some friends about it. Put it out there. Admit it. Ask for accountability. You know, don't I, be in yeah. it alone. I think you'll find that a lot of people will completely relate and might be going through it themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, when we are in, involved in an addiction and when we are swapping out intimacy for a chemical or a process, the only way out is to swap back in intimacy right. and relationship. Right. And that's hard. And yeah. if you've been in a process addiction for a very long time, I mean, that can take some time. It can. It's, you know, but which you is why sometimes direction. those support groups and online communities are so powerful because that does give you an instant community. And, if, yeah. you know, I have to say, if you've never experienced a 12 step group, 
there's really nothing quite like the like being enveloped in a hug feeling of walking into a group of people who are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. It's it's pretty powerful and pretty amazing. Yeah. Those are some really good tips. Well, thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you, therapist Tat Kristen. <laughs> I'm right. so glad I have you here. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. <laughs> so Sarah and I had the chance this week to um, interact with one of our sponsors, yeah. uh, which is HelloFresh Meals. We each got a meal delivery service the last week. We did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So nice. It was so nice just to have like all of the ingredients laid out in front of you. It's like two zucchini, two red bell pepper. Here's your, you know, whatever chicken. It was, it was super nice. It was so nice. So yeah, we both did HelloFresh this week. Um, I know I've talked a lot about how I really struggle with meal planning. Totally. And it was so nice to have HelloFresh's ingredients just dropped off at my door with a recipe card. Cause I don't mind cooking. I hate shopping. No, me Um, too. So we made, our family, we made, um, there was an orzo sausage meal, Mm -hmm. which I made. And then what I love about HelloFresh also is that the recipe cards are so easy to follow. They have pictures on them. I can outsource to my children. Oh, that's amazing. So I India love it. made meatloaf and okay. Kembe, I mean, from start to finish, really? made chicken fajitas for us. Oh, that's so good. I love the chicken fajitas. Oh, they were so they were good. They were really, really good. And yeah. you know, I will say I'm I'm gluten-free. And so there are options that you can choose at HelloFresh. You know, they're d- different dietary. But even if you do get something like, for instance, I had flour tortillas come with right. mine. I just substituted corn for me. Same. But the rest of my family had the flour. We did and, the exact yeah, same thing. Yeah. So so, and I, I have to say the cards themselves are amazing. I mean, there, there's, you know, photos. You can't very, mess up. You can't mess up. Yeah. You can't mess up. And it's just so nice to have that box delivered on your front doorstep. Oh my gosh. It's, it's been super, super helpful. And just not having to like plan dinner. Just, I know. It's such a nice thing. Not have to worry about the planning. Yeah. Everything, all the ingredients come in a bag specific to that meal. So you really can't mess it up. It just really gets you out of your comfort zone, which is so nice. So we've got a great deal for you guys. For $30 off your first week of meals from HelloFresh, enter the promo code SELFIE30 at HelloFresh.com. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com. Enter the promo code SELFIE30 for $30 off your first week of meals. So pets, man. Well, you know what? This is a timely episode because um, a couple weeks ago, it's been in the news of people kind of abusing the um, comfort animal rules on airlines. Oh my gosh. Did you I see the news that. about the woman who tried to take a comfort peacock on a flight with her? I did not see the a peacock. A comfort peacock. Oh my gosh. But I did see the person that got attacked by the dog. Yeah. The, like the anxious, aggressive dog. Yeah. And um, oh my goodness. I mean, but the, you know, there is truth and it, and it sucks because they're ruining it for everyone else. I mean, animals can absolutely be comforting I think so. Forces. It's like it's that unconditional love thing. Yes. Now I will say you're talking to someone right now who has never had a pet. Wait, never? No. What about your like when you were a kid? No. What the no heck? pets. Well, I mean, we had a gerbil once. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, a fish. We, yeah. we have not had a pet. So growing up, I just did not know. My dad was attacked by a dog when he was young. So he does not Not like animals. And we just never had him around. Yeah. Um, So I'm like probably not the best person to talk to, although I have to tell you that I think we're getting a dog. 
next oh, year. Oh my gosh, you're just diving in. Um, I think we're going to get a dog and I can't wait because you're gonna have to tell your story about your your dog that you got. Um oh but yeah, we we've been well, we've got some allergies in the house, and so you know, we're having to like find the exact right breed that's hypoallergenic and yada yada. But I feel it's the first time in my life that I feel like my kids would really benefit from having a pet. Absolutely. I do. I feel it. And um, honestly, I work from home, so I am realistic and knowing that that dog's going to be my dog. It's I'll yes. I will be the one doing everything. Yes. It will be next to my side. Yep. And the, and part of me is like, ooh, don't want to pick up the poop, all that. But at the same time, like, well, that might be really nice to have a companion because I mean, I yeah. think what we do can be very and even going back to the first part of this podcast, like, yeah, um, what we do can be very isolating. Oh, absolutely, very isolating. And so, um, yeah, we're we're, we're looking into that. Well, Sarah, you know, <laughs> I was in this same place. Yes, you were about girlfriend. four years ago. My my kids had begged and begged for a dog, um, and I work from home, and I was kind of like, you know, we're gonna get a dog. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. And so I researched the breeds because I have allergies. Um, spoiler alert. There's no such thing as a hypoallergenic dog. Right. You, There are lower allergies. Lower allergies. But for some of us, we're actually allergic to the oil that sits on a dog's skin. Right. And so, um, but, but, you know, backing up. So I decided I wanted to get a dog. The kids were thrilled. We, I really wanted to adopt a dog. So we, you know, we went to multiple, um, you know, kind of like shelter right, showings. Shelters. Yeah. yeah. Um, ended up with a very adorable, um, Maltese, um, terrier mix, super small, little lap dog. Really cute. Oh, she's so cute. She was cute. Yeah. She's super cute. We named her Roxy. She came home with us. Um, and first of all, I was still allergic to her. I know. I remember. And you I just like had, went down. Massive, massive allergy issues. Um, But I will say it was a real struggle for me having a dog like that because I do work from home and she was very clingy and needy. Was she? Oh, I didn't. My I don't gosh. Remember, I don't recall that. So she wanted to sit not next to me, but in my lap as I work. Ooh. Now I work from a laptop. Right. So I found myself day in and day out trying to balance a laptop on my lap with a dog in it. Yeah. Typing around a dog. If yeah. I put her down, she cried. And yelped. Um, she would follow me into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. She would sit in my shower. I mean, she followed me oh everywhere. God, if you could see my eyes right now. And the thing <laughs> is, it's like, and she woke us up every morning at like six in the morning. Yeah. Or she wanted to sleep in the bed. Yeah. So I found myself feeling like, you know, I graduated from this stage of parenting right. of having someone follow me to the bathroom, sleeping in my bed. Uh, being needy, needing to go everywhere with me. And that was another thing. Like, she'd flip out if she was at home. She'd, like, chew things. So she probably had, like, separation anxiety. Well, yeah. Sure. So I was having to take her everywhere. And then I was, like, the crazy you dog were the person lady. with the dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was the crazy lady in Newport Beach that has a dog everywhere. <laughs> you put it in your purse. <laughs> oh, I was, like, researching, like, dog strollers. That's the level oh, we came to. No. So oh, no. it was just a real real struggle. And again, I work from home. So she, she imprinted on me, (laughs) you know, 
She loved me. And the children oh, would come God. home and I'd be like, Roxy, go to the other kids. And she'd still be like right. growing into my butt while I was oh, sitting there. Kristen, I'm not But yeah, I mean, the, not even being able to go to the bathroom alone. I was no. just like, dude, I am over this stage. I right. can't do this. Right. So what we ended up doing, and really the allergies was the biggest factor, is she now lives with grandma. Right. So she moved into um, my mother-in-law's house, which was actually, I think, a blessing for everyone involved yeah. because you know she's now mostly retired right um they had lost two dogs that they were very close to oh they're totally dog people and you know it gives them a sense of oh for sure of companionship and purpose and you know her walking the dog is a great you know daily right you know forced um forced exercise and all that kind of stuff right. so it actually ended up working out really well and we still see her you know she's still part yeah. of the family um, but it was kind of disastrous for us. Yeah. Yeah. We're like the worst people to be talking about dogs and pets as self-care because I know they're very life-affirming for yes. a lot of people. Super life. I mean, yeah. People, I, sometimes people, I mean, literally just the sadness in their eyes yeah. when I say I've never had a pet. I know. Yeah. I, they, I feel like that's a lie. It's not just a small subsection of people. Oh, I yeah. mean, pets are huge for self-care. Like they you are. said, that, that unconditional love. And I think beyond just having that kind of like relationship where sub, something loves you so much yeah. at all the time, no matter no yeah. matter what your shortcomings are. But then also looking at it from a self-care perspective, just the fact that you have to get out and walk a dog every day. Yeah. You have to get outside yes. and breathe fresh yes, air. Yes. And I mean, that's, I'm going to be, I'll be honest with you. Like, that's another big part of it for me too. Totally. I would know I'd have to get yep. out and walk this dog, yep. which would be really good for me. Yeah. It'd be good for me to get out of the house. And that's not the only reason I'm getting a dog is to like, you know, yeah. improve my exercise, yeah. you know, regimen. But I think that there's so many good things about it. And I just, I'm to the point where I just don't know if I really want to spend my entire life not experiencing that no I absolutely you know? think you should experience it yeah for sure for so, sure and I think a part of the issue for me was that I got you know it was a Maltese Yorkie Terrier right and those dogs are bred they were bred to be lap dogs yes they were bred they, they, to yeah. want literally want to sit in the lap of an aristocrat you right, know right and, which I am not well, well <laughs> what are you saying, what are you saying? <laughs> um, but I think that was a part of the downfall is you know I know other friends who have dogs who are just you know they don't need to sit in a lap Right. They're a companion when they come home, but they're also okay if they're alone. Right. Um, yeah, I may have chosen the wrong kind of dog for my personality. Yeah, I think we're going to get a larger dog. Yes. I think we're probably going to, honestly, we're probably going to end up with a poodle. A yeah. standard poodle just yeah. because um, of, uh, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I mean, just allergies, the fact that allergies and, yeah. and they're very smart and... Um, I just, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. Well, it is <sighs> nerve wracking. I mean, it's another living thing you have to take I care know. of. It's, it's a big deal. But goodness, my kids are really excited. Yeah. It, having, I will say having that dog was amazing for my kids. Yeah. Amazing. I saw like just compassion and care. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, there is something to be said for having the responsibility of keeping something alive right. and, and taking care of the needs of someone outside of yourself. It's, it's a great learning lesson for kids. I completely agree. Now, the other interesting thing is we're talking a lot about dogs. You know, there's obviously, I mean, there's people that like all pets, but yeah. you know, you've got lots of dog people and you have cat people. So my whole life, I have, I've really disliked cats. I don't know what it is exactly. They kind of freak me out a little bit. Like, I just feel like they, 
maybe might kill me in my sleep. And in fact, what happened when I was in fourth grade at a slumber party at my friend's house, um, I was sleeping on a pullout sofa and it was super dark and the cat was walking across the top of the sofa and fell on my face and flipped out and like scratched me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I've kind of always had this little issue with cats. Yeah. But since we moved back to Oklahoma, we had this outdoor cat. You know, there's a lot of just, you know, just these cats that live outdoors. That, yeah. You know, they kind of belong to the quote yeah, unquote neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I fell absolutely in love with this calico cat. That's right. Oh my, like I would take pictures yeah, of it, yeah. you guys. I was yeah. taking photos of a cat. You were Instagramming the cat. I was Instagramming this cat. Well, it was technically the outdoor cat of our next door neighbors and they moved away and they took it. Oh, that's sad. And I was like, I cried <gasps> several Aww. times. And so then I thought, okay, I think I do have it in my heart for yeah. a pet. I think I do. You do. But um, plus those outdoor cats. So our new house that we're moving to, there is an outdoor cat there. Oh, how fun. He, his name is John Lemon because he's yellow <laughs> no. and he's been around for 13 years. And so I'm going to have an outdoor cat. Well, you know, I, you do obviously have the personality for a pet. And, and I actually think that was one of the problems with my dog, with Roxy, uh-huh. is that I actually, I'm I'm totally codependent. I'm a right. caretaker and I'm an empath. I couldn't just have the dog be upset. Oh, I was so, so codependent. So on... like people would be like, yeah, just go to the bathroom. Like I would, if the dog was like barking at all or right. yelping or upset, I couldn't handle it. Right. I was like at her every whim. I couldn't just be like <laughs> detached from the dog. Like I couldn't get there. I was just like, she's hurting and upset oh, and I'm yeah. resentful. I think I can probably detach. I don't know, but you never know. Do you have one? Like I just don't know until I have one. But um, yeah, there's nothing worse though than like walking into someone's house and their dog is not trained well or like jumps all over oh, you that does really and, drive and they're me just crazy. like oh i mean he just loves you and that cute and i'm like no get your dog off me oh my gosh well i also um i personally think there's nothing more disgusting in the world than a dog licking a bare leg oh yeah or and this- i wear dresses a lot and oh, when i'll go to oh, a friend's house girl. and their dog is like licking me and they're like oh don't mind him and i'm like i'm I gonna barf <laughs> like i i'm about to jump out of a window because your dog's tongue touched my leg. Oh, I know. But they say dogs' mouths are cleaner than humans. I don't care. I don't care either. I don't care. Or just jumping or scratching. Yeah. No scratching. Like, don't jump on me. <sighs> Get away. Yes. I'm just going to say this for the dog freaks of the world. When we come to your house and your dog jumps on us, we don't like it. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's a yeah. <laughs> public service announcement. Public service announcement. We don't like we it. We don't like when the dog jumps on us. Or puts its um, nose in our crotch. Oh, or <sighs> let's just let's just lay it out there. People, if you have a dog, your house does like indeed dog. smell like a dog. It does. I have never entered a house ever <laughs> that I have been like, oh, wow, do you have a pet? <laughs> I no, tell. we can smell your damn dog. <laughs> and my house is going to smell like that soon. <gasps> no, because I'm going to have a snotty poodle. Can I say though, you, I do think that this, this matters and this is, this is so like ridiculous and Orange County to say, but I do think it matters what you feed your dog in terms yeah. of how they smell. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. And I yeah. do think the pricey, like organic, whatever it, dog it's food better. makes a difference in how their breath smells. Really? For sure. Yeah. yeah. So you get to just spend more money on that now. <laughs> I know that's the other thing. We haven't even talked about that, but that's like the financial. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive. It is. Boarding a dog if you, we travel a decent uh, amount. Yeah. 
Um, if I were to have, let's say, a poodle, I mean, the grooming yeah. of the poodle, the yeah. food, what if they get sick? And then yeah. and let's just get to it. Inevitably, the dog is going to die at some point. And, and then you get just to grieve like, that. Grieving the loss of a pet. I don't know. I'm maybe not giving We are dog, just guys. basically like. <laughs> <laughs> I have just talked myself out of getting a pet. Never mind. I'm not getting one. We'll get a goldfish. Well, there's other, yeah, there's other options. So my ex-husband, he got a snapping turtle at his he did? apartment. Yeah. And the kids really like it. Does it snap at them? No. Like it doesn't. I don't like, think that's just a weird name. It's a weird name. Yeah. No, they like it. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, it does seem like it's constantly running away from them. And, yeah. like, maybe it hates it and would just <laughs> feel better living in the wild, just to be honest. But they yeah. like it. Uh, a snapping <laughs> turtle. That is awesome. I always had iguanas. Did you? Yes, because I'm allergic to everything. So I, I had iguanas. iguanas seem really super cool. They're cool, but I will say they're not warm. They don't give a crap about you. No. Like, you can love them. They don't love you back. Do they, what do they eat? Do they eat, like, little, like, rodents? No, 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 no. A oh. gua- like, a, a standard iguana just eats, like, vegetables, vegetables and stuff. Okay. Okay, yeah. No, cool. I had one, like, in my college dorm room. You did? Yeah. Um, fun story. Oh, fun fact. <laughs> I'm just going to make fact. myself sound like the worst animal keeper ever. Awesome. Um, but I did have an iguana that I did really very much like. That's why I took it to college. Um, but I went home for Christmas and I ha- left the iguana there mm-hmm. uh, because I was scared mm-hmm. of taking it on a plane. So I flew home for Christmas, left my iguana. In my concern for the iguana being left, um, I bought a heat lamp for the iguana oh god and i put the heat lamp on before i left for vacation and i come back to my door oh my god i don't want to hear this (laughs) well the first clue something was wrong was the smell when i walked into the dorm now this was a three-story dorm that housed maybe 300 (gasps) girls but when i opened the door to the dorm it smelled like death oh no and i walk in and the first thing that greeted me was a very angry ra saying we need to talk (gasps) so i go to my room and my poor iguana, Matisse, oh. had climbed up onto a rock in the aquarium to sun itself, and they don't regulate their body temperature, and uh. they don't notice, and it had fried. It had oh! cooked itself. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there was a petrified, like, skeletal iguana in oh, my room. Kristen. <laughs> Just fried itself. Oh, poor guy. I know. I was oh, so rest sad. In peace, and Matisse. I was also in so much trouble because it wasn't actually allowed in the dorm. I was going to say, are you allowed no. to have pets in a dorm? No. So, yeah, that was the untimely demise of Matisse. Oh, my, my gosh. I just kind of feel like this episode is just like the instant pot. <laughs> exactly. It's like they're like, really popular, but we oh, really suck. suck at them. Yeah. So, anyway. I don't know. You guys can give me tips. And yes. I, I, I'm sure. People should, you can let me know what, what kind of breed should I get? Yes. Has to be hypogenic, has to be non-shedding, non-shedding. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. What about a Maltese? They're oh, kind of small though. I want a big one. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, not, yeah. not a huge, but like a midsize. What was the one that Obama had? Oh, I love that one. Yeah, right? Because I, I feel like that was an, a hypoallergenic dog. Wasn't it a poodle blend of something? I don't even know. There's like all the poodle blends. Yeah, there's, there's lots the, of poodle blends. There are a lot, and they're really, really, really cute. Like a Bernie Doodle. Have you seen a Bernie? No, what's That's that? A, um, Burmese Mountain Dog. Oh. So they know the black with the white and the brown and the really cute. Mm-hmm. But what? What Labradoodle? Labradoodles. That's oh. not what. That's not what Obama had. But those are very oh, popular. Obama had a Portuguese water, water dog. dog. 
Yes. And I don't think that those are, um, I don't, I don't think those are non-shedding by looking at it. They're not non-shedding, but they are supposedly hypoallergenic. It's really cute. I know. Bo. 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 That was such a cute, remember Obama? Oh God. (laughs) Do you remember those days? Do you remember that? Um, speaking of, did you see the David Letterman, Obama interview? Did you cry? Bald. Bald. If you guys have not seen this yet, it's free on Netflix. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Dave Letterman just did this profoundly interesting so interesting interview with obama and then he talked um with a civil rights leader and, yeah. and walked um the bridge at selma and john was, lewis right yeah yeah yes it uh, was oh you so guys moving and fascinating and i'll have to say I, I i've watched it three times um and i watched it the second or third with a family member who i don't think particularly loved obama yeah and after it was done, he turned to me and was like, I am really happy that I got to see this. Aww. Yeah. And I was like, now yeah. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now you know. All right. So, That's yeah, awesome. you guys should check it out. And I guess, you know, we'll talk to you next week, huh? See you next week. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at, at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.